Welcome to Get Involved Referee, the new podcast from 1010 on all things referees with me, Lindsay Heron. Our SPFL officials are scarcely out of the headlines, it seems, and until we get VAR, things are not going to change much. But what's it like officiating at grassroots level? Is that more perilous than working in front of 50 or 60,000? We've got both angles covered with Steve Conroy, one of our best referees who resigned after he was cruelly demoted, and Doogie Gunning, who covers youth and adult amateur games in Glasgow. Welcome, fellas. And first of all, Steve, could we go back nearly 10 years now to your decision to quit the game? The Tin led on it was, and everybody knows it was a Rangers game, Rangers versus Dunfermline, and I gave a penalty for Rangers against Sonny Aluko, and if memory serves, it was Martin Hardy that committed the foul. And interestingly, there's uh, always clips where you see Martin running towards me after I gave the uh, the decision, but nobody really knows that he was shouting at me, Stevie, Stevie, I gave it, I got him outside the box first. <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's, there's context to, to everything. But I was absolutely convinced of that decision and it was kind of confirmed to me at the time when after the game the supervisor came in and said to me thank goodness that that's a game they won't be talking about the referee over and you know a, a, bit, a bit of chat afterwards and then he left but funnily enough by the time that we had been delivered back to the, the hotel that we had our pickups and departures from that story had changed that he phoned me and said that he needed to talk to me seriously about that penalty decision and that uh, in his opinion he was wrong which hadn't been discussed at all before that. That was Don McVicker, I believe, is that right? Apparently. Apparently. That must have been so frustrating and annoying for you. I guess that was in the back of post-match reaction from the Dunfermline camp at that time. Yep. Um, and, and again, and thankfully I never had uh, many problems with any of the players. There was nothing said by any of the players on the, the pitch. Um, but we were obviously listening to the radio on the, on the way back to the rendezvous point and hearing Hamish French pretty much going off his head. Um, at the decision and that was news to all of us that, that were involved none of us were aware of any uh, any hassles or any problems at all when I say any of us the, all the officials that were on the game So then what happened after that were you asked to review and, and try and change your decision or admit that it was a mistake? Admit there was a mistake that's you know, an inverted commas but we certainly were sent videos to, to review but you know fine if you get sent these videos then they want you to change your mind as chance would have it I was in a uh, in Portugal the week after at a conference and when they were sending through the, the video clips to review I couldn't open them now I, everybody who knows me knows I'm useless on the computer anyway but I was away with my friend and my boss at the time who was a bit of a computer geek and he couldn't open them either and so I just had to say to the SFA I'm sorry I, I just can't open these things and then when they, they said well we knew that because it's a BBC clip, so you can't open it when you're abroad. I mean, that that just contributed to, <laughs> to everything. So you come back from Portugal. What what happened after that then in, in terms of the procedure? I can't remember exactly uh, what happened, but um, I do. The, it was put in writing that I was trying to avoid the process. I was never going to come out of that smiling. And I think it was, a, it was a few weeks later, two or three games later, that I just knew the writing was on the wall, so I, I knew it was time for me to go. Did they not actually allocate you a third division game or something like was it Berwick Rangers perhaps? It was two weeks running at Stenhouse Muir. Stenhouse Muir, um, wasn't and it? I can't remember who was it. East Stirlingshire was playing at Stenhouse Muir, but it was two weeks at Stenhouse Muir and then one at Berwick Rangers. And no offence to any of those teams involved, it was always fantastic going going back uh, to places like that because they they treated you, you know, like like you were a guest. They treated you like a colleague, um, so it was nothing against them. But 
the second week that I was at, and I won't use the exact phrase it was uh, said to me, but the second week I turned up at Stenhouse Muir, they just laughed at me and said, oh, I, who have you annoyed? I mean, that, that's, it sounds ridiculous, isn't it, in this day and age that a, a governing body would, would behave in that in that manner, but clearly they, they were obviously unhappy that you hadn't followed their advice, let's say. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think the, you know, whether I was a scapegoat or whatever, the fact that somebody can come in and tell you that you've done absolutely fine and then they listen to somebody going off their head on the radio and then all of a sudden you're rubbish. Um, yeah, that was that was a bit galling. And subsequently, of course, Aluko was cited by mm-hmm. the SFA and ultimately suspended for two matches for simulation. Uh, and, you're, and you're telling me that Martin Hardy admitted he pulled them down. Yep, but outside the box. <laughs> so just if I can bring you in, Diggy, it's, it's, it's for someone like yourself, a younger man refereeing at the amateur level mm-hmm. and finding out that Steve's so sick of refereeing that he never wants to referee again. <laughs> and, you know, he couldn't bear to, to bring himself back into the, into the game after making that decision 10 yep. years ago. You're in the, the rough end of the, the, the game, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your motivation? What's your uh, desire to, to be out there on, on a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon? For me, I played football for the better part of 20 years, um, predominantly at amateur level. And, you know, through a, a number of smaller injuries, my playing time was, was coming to an end very quickly. And I seen that happening. So before it did, I took the opportunity to do the course, largely as a self-educational piece, first of all, just to understand a bit more about the game and how referees come to their decisions. I was managing clubs at the time and I felt it was an asset for me to understand, you know, how referees manage the game. Um, but doing the course, I actually started to think about becoming a referee as well and actually putting it into practice. And, and I started to do that. And the reason I've moved into refereeing and stayed there is it's kept me in the game and the game that I love and the game that I played for as long as I can remember. I guess the difference between Steve and I, obviously, aside from the, the levels that we officiated at or officiate at, is I've not committed 10, 15, 20 years of my life to being graded and going through the necessary training to get to the level that Steve did. Mm. So I don't have, you know, any sort of negative sentiment towards a career that I, I don't really have as such as a referee, where if I had got to grade one, if I'd got to a senior level and experienced some difficulty in my career and decisions were being made on my behalf, I might hold some resentment and, and I can understand why Steve may have came to the decision that he did because of the time he's invested in his life to get into that stage. So for me, I don't really have that, but my motivation to stay in the, to referee was really just to stay in the game, to be part of it and very much focus my energy in the amateur game because that's the game that was the part of my life, although it's football, very much amateur football in Scotland was where I kind of grew up and, and plied my trade. Do you have a highlight, Steve, at a particular match you remember where you were performance was impeccable <laughs> no impeccability but you certainly didn't rate in many of them I have um, and there's, there's few that have the accolade I, I did the the old firm the Celtic Rangers and my claim to fame is that I was the I think the first non-FIFA ranked referee to to do it and I certainly don't think there's there's been one since um, it didn't turn out the way that I'd hoped, but I think again, and you know, it's going to sound like a woe is me story. I don't think I was treated quite as well in that as I, I think I, I, I should have done. But there, there's very few people get to say the, that they've done a Celtic Rangers game at, uh, at Celtic Park. But I do remember uh, the week leading up to it, I was given words of wisdom by somebody, I can't remember who, don't look at the crowd. I looked at the crowd. <laughs> uh, 60,000 people all baying for your blood before you've even started. Well, no, no that's that's not fair. It was only about 30,000 at a time. One end of the pitch, <laughs> you're up there, you're a dirty FB, and then 20 seconds later, you're a dirty OB. So it, was, uh, it, it had its funny points. I suppose the it was a draw, wasn't it? The 1-1 draw. One, one. Scott McDonald, I think, scoring for, for Celtic. Lee McCulloch with a header later on. Yep. 
Um, so I suppose you couldn't, it's an ideal one for you in the sense that nobody's upset. What was that like though? I mean, were you sort of fearful about, about it all or just so psyched to be getting the chance to go out and take part? Fearful wouldn't be the word. I was nervous as hell. I didn't get sleep for a couple of nights leading up to it. And just, and you, there's, there's no way until you experience it, you can't express it to people and you can't say how it feels. But I have never, walking out onto the pitch and the hairs on, you know, the, the, say the hairs, the hairs in the back of your hands, the hairs on, <laughs> everywhere on my arms mm. were, were uh, on edge. It was just an absolutely amazing, amazing feeling. And even though you're, you're mic'd up for the game, Throughout the whole game, it was so noisy, couldn't hear a damn thing uh, <laughs> over the, the, the communication kit it, mm-hmm. and the buzz in your ears for days after it because of the noise. It, it was fantastic. And seeing those games, if you don't mind me asking, given the gravity of the game with it being Celtic and Rangers, were the players on you more in those matches than maybe an Aberdeen and Hibs or a nope. Dundee match, you know, was it, or in terms of on the field and the players and the management of the game, putting the fans aside, was it the, was it the same? Was it kind of business as usual? It was the same. Um, even though it was the first Celtic Rangers game I'd done, mm. they, I, I refed them for, for years. Yeah. So it was just, it was just Steve again. I, I don't think they put two and two together either. So I yeah. certainly didn't get any pressure or hassle from, from the players because it was the uh, first Celtic Rangers game. Not, not about it. You mentioned that there was you didn't get support after that game. What what happened that that, that you didn't get the the backup from from the SFA? Well, there was a couple of incidents in that, and the the one that I'll admit that was wrong, Kyle Lafferty. I should have sent him off, but I I, I cautioned him, and it was a it was a straight red, a straight legged. I can't remember a, a Celtic German defender. Oh, um, Hinkle. Was it no? A, Look, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. But straight like straight red card. But when you, you you see it on the telly, and it was because I was probably just absolutely buzzing. I was in the wrong angle. I was far too far up the pitch at, at that point, and I shouldn't have been there. And I probably would never have been in that position in any other game in my life. So I saw it, Kyle Lafferty back on. So I didn't I knew he'd done something, but I didn't know what it was. But if I'd been in my normal position, I'd have seen it sideways. It'd been a straight red, not a problem. A slight well, it's more than slight. An annoyance is that when you see it on the telly, there's, there's two other officials who had that side on view and I didn't get helped out. But I disallowed a Celtic goal for Marc-Antoine Fortuny. Oh, yes. And when I was summoned to the SFA for a, a debrief, and we've mentioned his name earlier on this evening, the, <laughs> the man in charge said that, that that decision was, quote, a matter of opinion, but he's going to go with the opinion of the match observer, oh. which differed. Which differed from yours. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that when you gave a foul for Fortuny on the goalkeeper. On, I think it was McGregor. I think it was Al McGregor, yeah. yeah. I remember that, yeah. It was a brave decision to make because um, uh, some people thought he'd won the ball, but others say that you had to protect the goalkeeper. Absolutely, and I've watched it hundreds of times, um, and I'm absolutely perfectly happy with uh, with the decision. I mean, he didn't break his arms or whatever, but he did. He knocked his arms and the goal... If, if somebody knocks your arms and you're a goalie, you can't catch the ball. No, exactly. I mean, obviously, it leads me to the question that subsequently from retirement, uh, you revealed that you've been a Celtic supporter all your life. But that's not something that a referee can possibly reveal when he's in the profession, surely. No, um, and it's contradictory. It's fine. And I don't know what you'll think, Dougie, coming from still at the uh, the amateur level. If you're a St Mirren fan or an Aberdeen fan or a Forest Mechanics fan, <laughs> you're perfectly at liberty to come out and say that. Yeah. But you can't come out and say you're a Celtic or Rangers supporter because yeah. um, you're just you're, you're just going to get battered. So no, I always used to pretend I was a Dumbarton supporter. 
No affiliation to dermatologists used to pretend. <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. But that's the, it's, it's the sad reality, or not maybe not the sad reality, it's just the reality of football in Scotland, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, and I, I know down south, if you have an affiliation for a team, you don't ref them. But up here, certainly in the, the west of Scotland, we all get into uh, refing because we like football. Mm-hmm. And in this part of the world, more often than not, you support Celtic or Rangers. So if you have an allegiance to one or other and you're not allowed to ref them, who's going to be refing the games? Exactly. Because by definition, I think half the support, the referees are going to be one or two other, oh, Absolutely. Uh-huh. And I don't think the concern would be from the association though, or SFA or you know your referees association in regards to your allegiance and how you perform in matches. That um, inability to express who you support is probably driven by the supporters and the fact that it wouldn't be tolerated from public opinion. No, I, I agree. And I've criticised them a lot and they deserve a lot of the criticism, but you know, and you know, you, you don't declare an allegiance and people say that and it's, it's just not true. You, you just don't. But somehow the SFA know and you know <laughs> that they know because you get allocated, certainly in, in my time, an awful lot of friendlies, pre-match friendlies involving the team that, that you supported. <laughs> Is that right? Yep. That's interesting. It just goes to show, I mean, any Celtic fans listening to us will be saying, what kind of a Celtic fan is Steve Conroy when he he disallows a goal and doesn't send off Lafferty? He was a very upset one. (laughs) Especially as uh, Rangers went on to win the league that year. Oh, yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, one other famous one um, I I found that you you were officiated was um, Kilmarnock 3, Celtic 3. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh, I think it was October 2011. Uh, A famous night because that was the night Neil Lennon was was 3-0 down at half time and he was actually thinking about, I'm finished here, I might have to go. He was finished. Um, there's not a hope in hell he would have survived that. And they were three now down going on mm-hmm. five, six. They were getting absolutely battered. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when you're, you're mic'd up, when the, the third commander goal went in, I, I remember saying to the, the, the guys, oh, here we go, batting down the hatches. This is going this is going mental. Um, and at Kilmarnock, the, the referee changing room is across a very narrow corridor That's right. from the Celtic changing room. Yep. And my God, he didn't miss them at half time. <laughs> I, I can imagine it was mm. industrial language. Very industrial. Even even I didn't know half the words. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how football works, isn't it? You come out of that game, they, they managed to get a draw, Celtic three late ish goals. I think one was last minute, maybe. God, I can't remember. And um, everything flipped, of course. And uh, Lenny went on and won the championship. Yes, I, no, turned it on its head, absolutely. Incredible, isn't it? So, a, a part of a famous night, I suppose, as well. Yeah. But again, I got criticism in the media because. I allowed it to happen, or I, I let Celtic off because I should have apparently sent off a Celtic player in the last minute of the first half. All right, <laughs> well, you are. So you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> I guess for you, Diggy, these are these are moments you, you you know you have to cherish if you're involved in a big game like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's different, obviously, at Steve's level when you've got the eyes of the world on you for for certain matches. But whilst I, I officiate at a lower grade and a, a broader spectrum of football, the matches that we get, you know, come with their own pressures and scrutiny. And whilst there might not be 50 or 60,000 people at them, the, the 40 or 50 people that might be standing around that park or participating in, in, in that moment, in that two-hour window, that's the biggest game of their lives. And it could be a bottom of the division match, but you can bet your bottom dollar that that guy who's trained two nights that week, worked Monday to Friday and is just waiting for Saturday to come, desperately does not want to lose that match. And on-field expectations from those teams is that I have the good a game as I can and they get everything that, you know, they get all the decisions go their way. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the experiences and, and what's on the line for these guys, you know, and a certain element are much the same. Um, but obviously at my level, you know, you're still chasing the bigger matches and, and proportionately at our level, you know, we've still got our regional cups, the West, East, North, South, mm. and we've got our Scottish cups as well, you know.
know, so the ambition for referees at our level is to get to those games and get to those kind of senior moments. For me personally, having been refereeing for only four or five years at an amateur level, the, the, the biggest game I've had so far has been at the Western Scotland Cup, which I managed to get the semi-final for, which in a short term, I think is, is, is pretty good going and it's an experience I joined. It was at Hamilton Aki's, there was a good few hundred in there as well, you know, so it was an opportunity to experience that big stadium um, or that professional stadium kind of experience and, and have people in, in the stands and just enjoy a whole different experience of being on the park, at a, although at an amateur level. Steve Dougie, thanks very much for joining me today on Get Involved Referee. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.